0: Just a a few announcements I I wanna make before I get started here. First of all, Carol Stump, uh, we were praying for her mother-in-law and her sister-in-law, and they had just both passed passed away this past weekend. And so you could be in prayer uh, for the Stump family. That would be David Stump's sister and mother. And uh, that's a, a very, very difficult situation. Um, I appreciated uh, Jim asking for prayer for Steve Sobeck and his family um, they uh, all do for the count right now and not feeling well but if anyone is interested in cutting Steve's grass <laughs> he uh, done at his house down in the North Hills um, just talk to me afterwards and we can, we can uh, line that up if, if no one can do it I can do it after I can't do it th- Monday, but i can do it on tuesday so i'm just putting that out there if somebody else has the opportunity to do that before the rains come uh, that'd be great and, and just kind of helping that family out um, and uh, keep them in prayer uh, the other thing when i was mentioning about the pdf i don't know why i didn't think of this earlier i'll send the pdf to all the membership <laughs> and and if you have any trouble open it opening the pdf then you'll be on a commercial for geico um, but if you're not a member and you want it, then let me know, <laughs> and uh, I'll make sure that you get a copy of that also, um, e- email it out to you. All right. There is no Sunday school next week. We're actually in the process of planning. We'll make the announcement next Sunday what the next upcoming Sunday school is going to be, and uh, we will let you n- know about that. So but no adult Sunday school next, uh, next week, and so you need to bring your own bagel or your own... Donut, if, if you have been depending on that, so, and that's, that's all I have uh, in the way of announcements. Lord, we thank you again for this opportunity. We pray that you would speak to us through your word. Uh, sometimes your word challenges us, Lord, and uh, today is probably uh, one of those days, and so I just uh, commit this to you, uh, this sermon to you. I pray that you would speak to our hearts, and Holy Spirit, that you would change us from the inside out, and I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm going to be back in the book of Romans in a couple weeks, um, wrapping up with five final sermons uh, from September 11th and 12th that weekend through October 9th and 10th that weekend. Uh, That will make a total of 40 sermons that I have preached in the book of Romans, And, uh, some of you will be like, yes, we're finally getting out of Romans. But I know, I hope you have been blessed, uh, several of you as I have been working our way through that. And, uh, I, I go through the book of Romans probably every six to seven years here. I have, this is, that would be the fourth time we've gone through it in my 27, 28 years. The, um, Next week I won't be here. I'll be at Butler Community Alliance attending my granddaughter' uh, baby dedication along with the coziers, um the the grand children that we uh, share. Uh, and uh, I don't always have that opportunity, um, and I don't want to get blacklisted this year. Uh, so I, I thank you for affording me that opportunity this year. Um, but today's sermon I've entitled. Um, I don't see it up here. I think it, oh there we go. Thank you very much. Uh, entitled "Let the World See Christ in You." And uh, I, I entitled that because I it seems like the church has gone underground, doesn't it, lately? <laughs> uh, we've been more or less hidden in the public square. And I understand, that, I mean, this past year with the pandemic, you know, uh, many churches have sat empty. It's, and some of our churches are slowly getting rebonded. It was nice to see a, a larger group out here than we have in the last several weeks because, quite honestly, I think some people have kind of taken advantage of that opportunity. Oh, it's a pandemic out there. We don't want to go out there. Um, but it's time to come back. And, uh, and so I would encourage many, possibly who are even listening to this sermon online, <laughs> you can come back. <laughs> and, um, and I know it's a risk. And some people realize the risk that you take, but I don't know that we r- realize the risk that other people take around the world, um, putting their lives on the line. I mean, you talk about people in North Korea, talk about uh, those who might be left behind in Afghanistan, uh, talk about people in China where the church is underground. People risk their lives uh, to not forsake fellowship that we're taught and commanded to in Hebrews chapter 10 Verse 25, and so also I, I sense that the, the church has been silent on various key topics, and the silence has been deafening. <laughs> Personally, I'm disappointed with the outcomes of, of several events here in the United States, but more disappointed with the silence of the church. And so I believe we are paying a great price for the waywardness of our nation, and we're not saying anything about that. We don't want to make any connections and uh, we need to be making some connections. Uh, how challenging is it for us to hear the various crises around the world, the loss of life in Afghanistan with our enemy giving us instructions, uh, the Mexico border crisis that we created and the confusion over health measures to take or not to take during this COVID era. All while that's going on, uh, the moral deterioration of a nation who can't tell boys from girls and the social media that serves as Kool-Aid to an already drunk society. And so can can we continue to go against God's design and be blessed by that same creator? A bigger question is, are we, as believers, are we living out lives any differently than unbelievers? Can we declare, along with the Apostle Paul in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What a powerful verse. And we're going to look at that verse today along with Ephesians chapter 5. We're living in a culture that screams for us to be self-centered, oriented perhaps only on our own pleasures. And these words... And this verse seemed to be like a foreign language to people. Men and women, the world needs to see what Christ looks like by us emulating his love, and not just willy-nilly love, but love based on truth. (laughs) And so when you look at a verse like Galatians 2.20... Certainly, when the world looks at it, it's like, what is that all about? First of all, I don't want to be crucified with anybody. That sounds painful. Secondly, I want to live the life I want to live. I don't want somebody else living their life through me. I don't want a brain transplant. And so I sort of want everything my way. Everything about me desires to be pampered and pleased. And I'm not alone in this thinking. It, this is the the default of the flesh when somebody isn't walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Not only do we want what we want, what we want when we want it, we even endorse bizarre behaviors around us. Why? Why do we do that? Well, we do it because we uh, and we fail to arc. Uh, articulate the truth because we fear that we might be called upon to live up to some high standard. We don't want to be cross-examined when in reality we need to be examined by the cross. And so the day will come, it will come, when you and I must either take a stand for Christ or not take a stand for him publicly. And that day is fast approaching. And I think that's why the Lord has laid several sermons on my heart to share in this regard. And so the church has been so mild and uh, on, on key issues that it's, it's actually pathetic. I actually hear people say things like, who am I to tell a woman not to kill her unborn child? Who am I to tell somebody not to pervert God's intent for sex? Who am I to tell someone to stop trampling on the institution of marriage, divorce after divorce, leaving a long line of children or exes along the way? You know, we get a little rattled by George Barna because he tends to tell the truth with his polls that he puts out. And he he doesn't exclude Christians, he includes Christians. And after polling Christians and non-Christians alike, on various moral issues, he's concluded this, and he put it out to in a mailing. This statement, we rarely find substantial differences between the moral behavior of Christians and non-Christians. And when I looked at the little aster, the little notation on that, he's talking about evangelical Christians. Before you, before you run to me and say, everyone calls himself a Christian. His project manager had, had to say this, we would love to be able to report that Christians are living very distinct lives and impacting the community, but in the area of divorce rates, and this is sad, they continue to be the same, kind of waffling between 49 and 50%. Divorce has many victims, none more vulnerable than children. I shared this this letter before, but it, uh, several years ago, when I was riding in the car, I heard I, I heard this letter read, and it's from a daughter to a father, the father who left the family. And uh, I sent away for the newsletter so that I would get the letter. And what the girl does is she writes her dad a letter, and she uses a word picture, and she says this: "Dad, you were walking." You walking out on us was like this. We were in a car, mom was driving and I was in the passenger seat and Nathan was in the back seat. A car came right into our path and ran us off the road. As the car passed, I saw it was you driving and another woman next to you. We went into a ditch and we all got hurt and we're in the hospital now. Mom has a concussion and is bleeding I broke my arms and legs and Nathan is hurt and can't stop crying. All we wanna know is this, are you okay? Did you get hurt at all? We love you and miss you and thought you would wanna know how we are doing. Love, Rachel. The pain in that letter. And, and and so that kind of situation—that's rare, right? It's not rare. It's half the half the families in our community in Cranberry. And so we can form committees and we can discuss and hash out what are the needs, what are the felt needs in our community, or well, we can read the statistics. <laughs> Man, anything we do with marriages or parenting or children. Wow. But who are we to say anything? I'll tell you who we are. with the body of Christ. If we speak up, we might be crucified. Dear church, it's too late. We are crucified. We're crucified with Christ. We have to realize that this world is desperately looking to see what Christ looks like. What is this Christianity thing all about? It is sad that so many people have not been able to see Christ in us. Perhaps we're trying to keep our old lives our old lives alive and just kind of add Jesus to our old lives. <laughs> that doesn't really work too well. And so what does it look like? to be crucified with Christ. And let me put that verse back up there. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Therefore, when we become Christians, we are crucified with Christ. In other other words, we're not crucified physically, obviously, but that means our old fleshly self has to die. And so... My encouragement is if you haven't done that, (laughs) allow your old way to die. Crucifixion is painful. It's not easy. Crucifixion means dying to your old ways. It's an opportunity then to be imitators of God. Ephesians chapter 5, and I'll put it up here. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 5 says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. He points out some specific areas. By the way, among you there must not be even the hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity, or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Wow. America longs. It yearns to see a group of people who have been crucified of their old selves. A group of people who are not espousing love and concern for other people, just because they want a contribution or they want to increase church membership or they acquire, want to acquire more power. People need to see us completely dead to selfishness because when they see that, they will be drawn not to us, but to the one we serve, our Lord Jesus Christ. So what happens after you die to self? Say, okay, I'm going to die to self. i just got to... I understand that Jesus died for me. He forgave my sins. I'm just going to come away from that old way of living. When you die to yourself, it's not an opportunity for us then to drag that old dead body along with us. (laughs) We just have to let that go. We're dead to our old ways. And what we're left with, and here's the good part, because there's that coordinate conjunction in there, but. We're dead to ourselves, but what? Back to our Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. But Christ lives in me. So you, it's, it's, you're not just a dead person. You're not this old dead self. I'm walking around. Is it my old dead self? No, that part died. But here's something has happened. I've been infused. I've, I've been... Jesus has taken up residence within me. And now he is living his life through me. Christ lives in me. He awakens our soul. He puts life into our mortal body. And that's no small phrase. As you die to self and are alive in Christ, he begins to call the shots in your life. You start doing things you never dreamed you would be doing. I never thought I would see myself doing this. And that's the remarkable thing. That's the, that's the new creation that he, that he builds in us. I remember, uh, well, and I, I still am kind of the epitome of introverts, but when Christ came into my life, just a few months later, as I was a student at Slippery Rock College, here I was on the track team, struggling because I was so worried about the, the coach, I was worried about the team, teammates, You know, my performance, anybody watching me, and it was all about me, and then I came to faith in Christ. And all that was released. I began to be able to use that as a testimony. <laughs> I, would, I would, we'd put these things together. Campus Crusade did uh, the the on-campus ministry, and I just simply shared my testimony. And here I was, <laughs> again, this person who doesn't want to speak in front of anybody. Now I'm before sports teams, sharing with them how they can have total release, how they can how they can do their best by letting god take over in their lives and uh, and have their focus just to be him and i remember sharing the example i said when i'm in a race i'm not looking at the other runners i'm not looking at the stands i'm not looking at the guys firing the gun or anything i'm just i'm running and it's almost like i'm in a tunnel i'm just running for for christ and guys could relate to that i was the one that was in the locker room either throwing up or other things last call 400 meter run <laughs> Where's Eloise? Get him out of here. Um, But when I came to Christ, you see, all that left me. Now I have to say this, it wasn't me sharing at those meetings. I died. But Jesus in me was revealing himself. Even today, everyone I grew up with would be shocked to hear that I'm a pastor. And for a number of reasons. <laughs> and none more than I, me getting up in front of a group of people and preaching a sermon. They'd be like, Eloise, not on his life. But I understand this, where we are weak, he is strong. And let me say this to you today very clearly. He is waiting and wanting to use you in ways you, you never thought. You said, well, that's not me. That's just not me. That's not, you know. Let Christ have his way in your life. It's remarkable what, what he will do through you. Maybe you just need to recall that you've died to yourself and put yourself aside. You say, well, how do I put myself aside? Well, we put ourselves aside through faith. You know, faith is believing what is true. And what is true is that you died to self, you accepted Christ, now he's living his life through you. That's the truth. Jesus does not take up residence that are already occupied. So once you die to self, and once you do this, the life that you live depends on Christ and fully on him. And so, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the body is how? Is... My faith, I live by faith in who? It's the object of our faith, and that is Jesus Christ. Luther, responding uh, to this, Martin Luther wrote this, God our Father has made all things depend on what? Faith. So that whoever has faith will have everything, and whoever does not have faith will have nothing. When we walk by faith we have access to untold blessings from our our Father, God Almighty. And so I can live my life in this body by faith because I believe God can do great things through me. I've always appreciated Ann Kimmel from years ago. remember her, writer, speaker back in the late 60s, early 70s. I don't know if it was my wife's book or somebody gave me a book one time and I, and I think we still have it called, I love the word impossible. Ann Kimmel, uh, speaker, she said, she said this about faith. She said, you know, faith is like stepping out of a plane at 50,000 feet and allowing God to catch you. It says, you'll never know if he truly will until you jump. a book I read by Donner Atwood, Reverend Donner Atwood. He wrote this. He said, You know, one night, a house caught fire and a young boy was forced to flee to the roof. The father stood on the ground below with his outstretched arms calling to his son, Jump! I'll catch you! He knew the boy had to jump to save his life. But all the boy could see were the flames, the smoke, and the blackness. As can be imagined, he was afraid to leave the roof. His father kept yelling, jump, I'll catch you. But the boy protested and said, daddy, I can't see you. The father replied, but I can see you. Jump. And the boy jumped, and the father caught him. And the boy jumped because he trusted his father. Atwood writes this The Christian faith enables us to face life or meet death, not because we can see, but with certainty that we are seen. Not because we know all the answers, but because we are known. Our faith is in Jesus Christ. We don't know the future, we don't know what's around the corner but yet we can walk confidently because we know God sees us and he will take care of us. And so faith that we have is not wishful thinking. It is faith in the person of Jesus Christ who truly loves us. And that's the latter part of that verse. And let me just capture that in closing. We know who we are, And we know that we are loved because right at the end of that verse, it says, who loved us, it's Jesus who loved us and gave himself up for us. That is true love. And so Jesus gave himself for me. He suffered a cruel, torturous death out of love and obedience to the Father. And yet he did it willingly and gladly. And the, even though I don't deserve it. That love, that kind of love, gives me confidence to walk with my head held high and without fear. And yes, men and women, we will be bruised in this world, we will perhaps be beaten in this world, but we will not be defeated, we will not be overcome, and we will not lose heart. Your life counts for Something. And so we want to be imitators, as it says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. That word imitators of God, that word imitate could also be translated emulate. Emulate to strive after with excellence. To strive after with excellence. So what if we began to display the character of Christ the same way children imitate their parents? And then someone looked at you and said, you're just like your father. (laughs) Amen to that. What a privilege for someone to say that. You're just like Christ. We want to do that because it would, it would improve our relationship with God. It would, it would give our family a glimpse of who Christ is. It would, it would lead others to Jesus. We want to do it so the world can see Christ in us, and then we can show them how they can have a relationship with Christ. And so the world needs to see Christ as they look at us and as we emulate His love based in truth. Let's pray. Lord, I thank You for the love that You have poured out on us, how You've changed our lives from the inside out. Lord, perhaps some have kept their old self alive. I pray that this morning that would die now. Not by us putting it to death, but accepting the fact that you put it to death. Not by us striving to have this relationship with you, but us relaxing in the relationship that we do have with you. Lord, allow us to, to boldly proclaim your gospel. And Lord, as we see, see things in society that are right or wrong, that we would articulate those boldly. And by the impulse of your spirit, not not so that we can um, just have a voice in ourselves, Lord, but that we might be your voice, that we would be your hands and your feet, and we would meet the needs of others, and that we would really show the love of Christ. Oh, Lord, have your way in this church and in your church in the United States at this time. Glorify yourself. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand as we close our time together? Once again, if, you can, if you're available to, to uh, help the Sobeks with their yard work, uh, let, let me know after service, and I'll uh, receive the benediction. And, I, and just before I give you the benediction, I just want to say this. If it sounded like it, it is up to us <laughs> to do it all, I, I'm hoping that that's not the impression you got. It is, it is Christ in us that is able to show the world love. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God our Savior, Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory and majesty, dominion and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen.